Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I am your host, Michael Graham. It's our inauguration day edition of the Weekly Standard Podcast. And editorial assistant Jim Swift, rumor has it, got up at 5 in the morning to hear President Obama give a speech. Is that right, Jim? You know, I I had to do it so uh, you all could sleep in. I mean, someone had to do it. I hope Bill Crystal throws an extra something in your paycheck or... It takes you for dinner at the Palm or something. That is truly doing the Lord's work to schlep that long for a speech so utterly forgettable. Yes, and you know what? I had to sit next, uh, well, not next to, but uh, three rows away from Katy Perry. So <laughs> No, you didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Her and uh, John May are three rows behind me. Um, much of the focus of the Washington uh, press corps was on them and uh, not what was going on um, you know, up on the actual platform. Where, as you point out, not much was actually going on. I was about to say, if you had to summarize President Obama's second inaugural speech for us in just a sentence, what would it be? Um, a modern economy requires railroads, just <laughs> like the 1800s economies required railroads. See, I, th- I was thinking that the Michael Graham uh, summary of the speech would be unity through submission. Just do what I say, and we can all agree. But if you're going to insist on disagreeing with me, things are going to be very, very bad. Well, you you know, I mean, it was a a very oft-repeated criticism of the president. He was, you know, oh, very professorial in his 08 race. And, you know, we really haven't seen much of that from him until now, where, you know, really the first four to 500 words of his speech were a history lesson. Um, You know, I thought the guy apparently taught constitutional law, not history, but um, you know, we, we got to deal with uh, 200 years of history before we got to, um, you know, the very vague platitudes that he proposed for the next four years. Uh, was there anything that he said that you think will um, live on in uh, history or at least until next Thursday? <laughs> well, you know, um, it, it's telling that if MSNBC's Ed Schultz is moving on to drone strikes and, you know, other uh, you know, journalists on, on television are talking about random things. It, it really was not a speech that will live in infamy. Uh, you know, we're going to use famous presidential quotes. Um, there, there was not an "ask what your country can do for," uh, not "ask not what your country can do for you" sort of quote. It was, um, it, it was very vague to, to say the least. Uh, what parts of the speech then did stand out to you, Jim Swift? Well, um, you know, I, I did get a kick out of the together we determined a modern economy requires railroads. You know, I mean, railroads are something that are, you know, in many, in some cases, 300 years old, others 200 years old. Um, but he really, uh, like I said just a moment ago, didn't get into to specifics. He did not propose, you know, we need to raise more taxes by taxing the rich even more. We need to ban assault rifles. Mm-hmm. It was all very vanilla. And but isn't it interesting – here we are uh, with the, uh, the smartest president ever who uh, continually uh, complains about the uh, anti-science right. He made another pitch on the global warming yeah. issue, for example. And what are his high-tech modern solutions? Railroads, well, the cutting-edge technology of the 19th century, and wind power, the cutting-edge technology of the 16th century. Pretty soon he's going to be on stage demanding te- federal tax uh, benefits for the use of leeches in me- yeah. the medical community. Well, you know, it was one of those things where later on in the speech he'd said something along the effect uh, to the effect of you know, the commitments we make about Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, they don't take away our initiative, they strengthen us. Um, well, you know, Andrew Sullivan and I had read, you know, a, a, a predominant blogger who's very supportive of the president 
basically said, you know, we will have to choose between, um, you know, commitments between entitlements, which make up, you know, anywhere between 43 and 62 percent of the budget, depending on how you, you calculate uh, federal spending, and and what, what our current initiatives are today. I mean, if if Andrew Sullivan is saying that we do have to choose between entitlements, reforming entitlements, and, and what we want to spend to quote-unquote invest, i.e. spend more money in the future, you know, if, if you've lost Andrew Sullivan, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like a winning inaugural address to me. Uh, Jim Swift, you were, you, like you said, you got up at 5 a.m. To, to be there. What was it like? What, what was the mood of the crowd? Well, um, I was at the 09 inauguration. I was a congressional staffer at the time, and I had a similarly uh, nice seat at that inauguration, which was clearly much better attended. There were there were not a ton, but there were a fair amount of empty seats in and around me, which were extremely good seats. And you know the the cheering from the crowd was much more audible in '09. Um, you know the boos when they booed President uh, George W. Bush uh, were very very audible. He and uh, his father, as you may know, did not attend this time around. Um, but you know it it really was. Um, a, a shorter, much more abbreviated version of the 09 one with much less spunk. Yeah, and the uh, word on the streets is that they're having to slash the price for tickets to the inaugural balls because of the lack of interest. Uh, I saw a metric that the metro system was at, at about 60% of where it had been before the inauguration in 2009. Do you think that this has just you know, been there, done that, or do you think that there is, in fact, some disillusionment or disappointment among President Obama's supporters in what he's done? I think there's some. I mean, most people, except for, you know, longtime Washingtonians, I mean, I'm one of two people in the Weekly Standard office right now. They stay home on a day like this. It's, you know, it's a it's a, a free pass of, of go. Um, but a lot of people do go down, Washingtonians, to the mall. Um, I, I didn't get the sense, having ridden Metro in this morning and then taken it to the office, um, it was not as packed as I had thought it would be. And, um, you know, the, in 09, I, I, I was able to avoid all of that, but it was, it was nightmarish. Um, this time around, I think it was just a lot of Washington. And, you know, some people uh, came in from out of town across the country, but it, 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 the interest was not anywhere near what it was in 09. I, I do think that interest has waned. A friend of mine is a, a talk show host in Ireland. In fact, I'm on his show every week. And uh, he flew over for the inauguration to host his show from Washington, D.C. And I said, uh, his name is George Hook. I said, George, you do know that the, even the people in America aren't willing to travel to D.C. for this year's inauguration. He said, no, it's too big a moment. Of course, he's a big lefty anyway and loves uh, everything Obama Obama does. But even he conceded, yeah, there doesn't seem to be as much passion this time around, does there? And I said, but what was interesting is the way he crafted the argument was, we're here not because Obama won, we're here because the Republicans lost. How much of the, if any, you know, pro-Obama celebration is really just schadenfreude over the, uh, the loss defeated by the Republican Party? Well, you know, I, I, I didn't get the sense from the attendees that, you know, it was kind of an overwhelming um, and maybe that is why, you know, a lot of prominent Republicans, uh, both uh, former Presidents Bush did not attend. Um, you know, it, my guess is if we saw them there on the platform, they would have been booed even right. four years later. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it, it's it, it's maybe more the, the essence of, you know, we're happy we won. Um, 
even though you know there wasn't any big bold policy outline in this inaugural draft. Did he do anything at all to acknowledge how negative his campaign had been, how much his campaign was a negation of other people's ideas rather than advancing his own? Uh, anything uh, in way acknowledge the negative uh, tone of the campaign or the uh, the the way he's been uh, on uh, President Obama's been on offense uh, even since uh, winning re-election. Any acknowledgement of that of all in today's ceremony? It, actually, yes. In in a very strange way, you know, er, as I kind of pointed out earlier, you know, the the president was talking about rejecting the belief that America has to choose between caring for the generation that built the country and it, investing in the generation that's going to build its future. But later on, maybe about mm, 15 paragraphs later, he said. And I'm quoting here, we cannot mistake absolutism for principle or substitute spectacle for politics or treat name calling as reason debate. That was it. But, but know, he, wait, wait, wait. The guy whose campaign called Mitt Romney a bull bleeper in public, the guy who said in a press conference the other day that he is not sure Republicans care if old people starve to death or if you know, young kids go hungry. That guy said the problem is name calling. We cannot treat name calling as reason debate. Okay, is that that's as of now. This is the this is the new yeah, way. The, oh, going forward, <laughs> yeah, the new way is we 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 can't treat uh, that that name calling as reason debate. But Jim Swift, one last question for you here on our Weekly Standard sure. podcast: Will we be talking about anything the president said today, one week from today, here at the Weekly Standard? Oh, I'm sure we will at the weekly standard. Oh, okay, will Americans be at all? Will anything that happened today linger and have any impact we can feel even one week from today? You know, in, in terms of inaugural dresses, and I've watched a fair amount in my young life, it was a dud. So, no. Jim Swift, thanks for joining us here for the Weekly Standard podcast today. I appreciate it. Mike, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Be sure to check out theweeklystandard.com regularly for updated podcasts. I'm your host, Michael Graham.